But what we've been doing, we've been talking about fake love and this idea that when you experience fake love, you get ripped off. When you experience fake love, you get ripped off. Like if, like if I buy something fake, I purchase something fake, I, I pay, but I pay regular price for this thing that I'm thinking that is real. I pay regular price, I buy something fake, I'm getting ripped off, right? Am I right? I'm getting ripped off. I'm probably going to be a little frustrated, probably going to be a little embarrassed, probably going to be a little angry because I paid for something that I thought I was getting and, and it actually turned out to be not the real thing. It turned out to be a fake. Um, when I was in middle school, in middle school, any middle schoolers here? Hey, middle school. That's you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, we like our middle schoolers. Anyways, um, when I was in middle school, I was obsessed with Nike gear. Anybody like you just got your thing, like you, Nike gear is your thing or, or whatever it is. Like you're obsessed with maybe it's Under Armour for you or whatever it is. I was obsessed with, but unfortunately for me, I grew up kind of poor. Like we didn't have a whole lot of money. So I, my parents couldn't buy me the Nike gear. Like I couldn't afford the shoes. And so I had these, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of Spalding's. Okay. I had these all white Spalding's. But back then, not cool, not cool, not cool back then. Um, and, and I thought, hey, you know what? I'm pretty good at drawing the Nike swoosh. And so here's, I had this idea. I'm just going to get a black marker and draw the swoosh on my shoes. And so it would look like the real thing. It would look like the real deal. No one would ever be able to tell. I'm such a good artist. And so I spent like two hours like tracing and drawing the Nike swoosh over and over and over. You make the little curve, and then you make the bigger curve, and you make a point at the end. Like, I, easy, right? Anyone could draw the Nike swoosh. And so I, I thought I had it down. I had it perfect. I was drawing it out. And, and so finally I get my shoe. And I start to draw in black marker the Nike swoosh on my shoe. I thought I had it perfect. It ended up looking more like a sideways candy cane. Um, but, but, but I was thinking, well, who, who will look that close anyways, right? Like, and so I go to school the next day rocking my fake Nikes. And, I, and I'm, you know, you're wearing Nikes. So you, you could probably touch the rim now on the goal, right? Like five foot nothing that I am. And like, oh, yeah, I could totally touch the rim. Like I was barely getting the bottom of the net. And, and and I was like, I'm wearing these Nikes. I should be able to run and jump and all this stuff faster. And so I'm running around playing with my, in my Nikes and my, in my shoes, and I step in a water puddle. My shoes get wet. And I realize that I didn't use permanent marker. The, the Nike swoosh candy cane that already looked bad now just looks like a big blob of runny ink on my shoes and, and my friends are starting to notice. They're like, what's up with your shoes? What's going on? What's, what's wrong with your shoes? And I'm trying to cover them up. And you know what I'm talking about when you get caught doing something and you're like, no God, no. Why, why is this happening to me? And like, like God, let the rapture happen now. Take me away. Can this happen? And like, please Lord. And, and I, I had fakes. I had fakes. I was trying to cover it up. And, and then, then, when it comes to relationships, we think, yes. When we find this boyfriend or girlfriend, we think, yes, I have found the total package. Like, he's everything. He's athletic. He's tall. 
and dark and handsome and he's muscular and we've got this snap streak going on and he's amazing. But once you look real close and you get to know what he's really like or what that person's really like, you may discover that they're a fake, that it's fake, that the love is fake. The love that you supposedly had was not real. See, money is something like, um, yeah, yeah, if you get ripped off with your money, which is, it, it makes you angry for sure, but it, it's very frustrating, but you can make money back. Your friendships, even in friendships, there'll be times, if you haven't experienced this already, there'll be times that you will find or have fake friends. It's just going to happen. You thought they were your, your ride or die. Like your best friends. I hate saying that, but that's so anyways. Um, they did something and, and you realized that they were fake. You realized that they were fake because here's the deal. Money, money is material and friends. Yeah, it's more personal and it hurts a whole lot more. But at the end of the day, you could probably make a new friend or find a new friend. But there's one place that I see students like in this cycle and they continually get ripped off in their life when it comes to relationships. And it happens all the time. It happens all the time. And I wonder, when we get ripped off in the matters of our heart, will we ever get that back? Will we ever get that back? Maybe you've been in a relationship, and maybe you gave a lot. Maybe you lost some things. Maybe you literally gave part of yourself to this person. Maybe you gave your purity. Maybe you gave a place in your heart that was intimate, that wasn't meant to happen yet. But you gave it up because you thought you were going to be together forever. He's the one. But it ended up being fake. See, the Bible says this, if you're going to take notes tonight or if you brought your Bible in Proverbs, Proverbs 4.23, we talked about this last week, that we are to guard our hearts above all else. For it determines the course of your life. See, God is saying that your heart is very, very, very important. So you need to guard it. But what happens when you've, you've given your heart away and the love turns out to be fake? Can you earn that back? Like, how, how do you fix that? Can, can you find a new heart? Like, you can't make more hearts back. Um, so, so what happens? See, it's, it's all in the pattern. It's all in the pattern. And, and if I could illustrate it this way tonight, um, it's kind of like, I went to the store today. Does anybody know what Gigi's cupcakes are? Oh, so good. I went and got, the frosting is always bigger than the cupcake. Oh, right there. I went and got this Gigi's cupcake today. Isn't it lovely? Does anybody like red velvet? Uh-huh. I saw Denise dancing back there. I'll keep it on there. It's, if I could illustrate it, it's kind of like a cupcake. How many of you, like me, if you're like me, when it comes to uh, mistakes in your life, maybe you seem to make the same mistakes over and over and over. You make the same mess ups over and over and over again. Maybe it's just me. Uh, not just in, in your dating life, but 
in your life in general. And you're like, Lord, God, forgive me for my road rage. Like, I'm sorry, I would just want to run that person off the road. Like, or, or, or like maybe when you play a middle schooler in basketball and they beat you and you have to remind yourself that you're a youth pastor and you can't kill them. Or, or whatever it is, when, when, you, when you make this mistake over and over and over again, I think about this guy named Paul in the Bible and, and he wrote this letter to the Roman church. And, and I want to read these words to you. And, and I wonder if any of you guys can identify with this. He says this in Romans 7.15. He says this. I don't even understand myself at all. For I really want to do what is right. But I don't do it. Instead, I do the very thing that I hate. And I don't know if you guys, that relates with you guys. I don't know if you understand that. But this is Paul we're talking about there. This is a man of God, a, God, a man who God used mightily to, to spread his message around the world. And Paul is even saying, he's like, I don't even understand myself sometimes. Like, what, what I, I really, really want to do the right thing, but I, I don't do it. And instead, I do the very thing that I hate or the thing that I despise or the things that I I know that I shouldn't be doing. Has anyone ever felt that way? Yeah, I think a lot of us have. And I I don't know what the issue is with me because I know that I shouldn't do this, but I end up doing it. And and I know I shouldn't, but I end up doing it anyways. and, and, And I just mess things up and it gets so complicated. You make the same mistakes, the same addictions, you, you have the same problems, and it might be a different person. It might be a different relationship. You can change friends. You can change schools. You can even change your boyfriend or your girlfriend. But you end up finding the same problem. You end up making the same mistakes, the same pattern. You find yourself making over and over and over. So then what happens? Here's what we tend to do. We reach this point of, okay, I need something spiritual in my life. Like I need some supernatural help. And so you, you come to Jesus. In, in my family, you have, you have a come to Jesus meeting. That's what we call it. You come to Jesus. And it's, it's kind of like this cupcake. Who loves cupcakes? Oh, yeah. It's kind of like this cupcake. There, there's something that I saw on YouTube the other day. Have you guys ever heard of Salt Bay? You know what I'm talking about? Salt Bay, the guy who, who's, he's like a Turkish um, chef, and he salts his food like this, and it rolls off of his forearm into the, I don't know, it's weird. But um, look it up later, it's Turkish chef guy. Anyways, um, let's say this cupcake illustrates your life. This cupcake illustrates your life, and you're pretty. You're so pretty. You look good. That there's some decoration, you look nice, you, you look wonderful, that's who you are. Like, you, you, now, you, you've repeated some, some of the same mistakes over and over, but, and, and none of it is working. So you think to yourself, self, I know what I need. I need Jesus. And, and Jesus will help me with my problems. And so you come to church and you talk to Jesus and you're like, Jesus, I've got this problem. Um, I've got these issues. I've got this addiction. I've got this, this repetitive issue, this repetitive sin that I do over and over and over. Jesus, I need you. And so Jesus 
So, so Jesus comes to us and, and, and he's like our sprinkle bay. And so we come to church and, and we, we, what we do is we sprinkle a little bit of Jesus on our problems. Sprinkle some Jesus on there and, and we sprinkle some Jesus on our sins. And oh, oh that's, that's good. Oh, that'll be good. And, and, and so we're like, now I'm good. I'm good. I've got Jesus I'm good and, and I'm great. I'm fine. And this right here is where so many of us become disillusioned with, with church. Because we think this is all we need. We think we need Jesus to just come and just sprinkle some spiritual help on us. But what Jesus is saying is this. He's saying, I'm not just an additive to your life. For you to experience change, to experience real change, for you to experience real love, I have to become your life. I can't just be a topping. I can't just be a decoration. I can't just, just be there when you need me. I have to be everything in your life. And when I become everything, that's when you will become all that I've got planned for you. But we don't do that. Because we, what we want to do is we want to determine what we want and when we want it in our lives. See, when you, when you make a good cupcake recipe, there's, there's eggs, there's flour, there's sugar, there's icing. I don't know. I don't bake, so I'm just guessing. Um, so, but let's say that I take this recipe and I replace the sugar with salt. Has anybody ever done that on accident? Okay, um, and so let's take it, and I accidentally replaced the sugar with salt, and suddenly my cupcake doesn't taste good anymore. Because a, a, a recipe, like a pattern, affects your life. Your, a recipe, just like a pattern, affects your life. Know this, a bad pattern can take a good person and cause terrible results. A bad pattern for your life can take a good person and cause terrible results. Some of you, some of you in this room, you're a good person. You're a good person. You, you, you want to do right. You want to live right. You want to do the right things. You've made mistakes. And it feels like you're trapped in this cycle of bad mistake after bad mistake after bad mistake. And you feel like, you, you feel like this, Jesus, I, I've tried church and it hasn't changed anything. And Jesus is saying to you, no, you've tried to sprinkle a little bit of me into your life, but you haven't changed your pattern. So, you know, Paul, he understood this in Ephesians 4. Paul's writing, he's writing, actually, he's writing this to Christians. And he's writing to people like you and me. And these people probably put God first in their bio, you know, like, love Jesus and like, it's, you know, we look good and they probably listen to Hillsong Worship or, or Chance the Rapper because he's got that one song that kind of sounds like a Christian song on his album. And know this, um, these people that he's writing to, they keep messing up. They keep living their lives with the wrong pattern. They keep experiencing fake love because of the wrong patterns in their life. And Paul says this in Ephesians four seventeen. He says, with the Lord's authority, I say this, live no longer 
as the Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused. See, now what a, a Gentile was basically an analogy for people who are living outside of, of God's plan for their life. People who, who have denied or, or do, don't believe Christ. The, Paul is, he's writing, what he's writing and what he's trying to say here is he's saying, you, you've been living like outsiders, like Gentiles. You've been living like outsiders, but you're expecting your life to change. The pattern has to change. See, let's look at that last part of that text up there. It says, the last few lines, it says, for they are hopelessly confused. Does that sound like our world today? We're hopelessly confused. It sounds like what's promoted on social media, in, in our songs, on our TV, of what love is. Like, you could probably ask a group of five friends what you should do with your love life, and you would probably get five different answers. Because no one really knows. I want you to pick up the, the pattern here. Uh, verse 18, the next verse, it says this. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives because they have closed their minds and they have hardened their hearts against him. They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. See, what God is saying through Paul here is that the pattern for people who are living the wrong way is this. They're confused. Their hearts are hardened. Their, mind are closed. Their minds are closed. They have no sense of shame. Romans 12, 2, Paul writes again to the church and he says this, Be no longer conformed to the pattern of this world. See, it's, it's, he's really setting something up. He's really letting us know that there's power in a pattern. There's power in a pattern. What does your pattern for your life look like? What does your pattern look like? You see, what we do is we, we take a little Jesus and, and we sprinkle him in our lives only when we need him. When, when life is good, like we don't need, we don't call on him, we don't talk to him, we don't do anything with him. But when things go bad, oh, that's when I really need Jesus. We, we sprinkle Jesus a little bit into our lives, but we live how we want to and expect something to change. You, you can't do that. Your pattern has to change. The pattern has to change. See, there's power in the pattern. Everybody say, there's power. You can do better than that. There's power in the pattern. There's power in the pattern. See, a bad pattern has the power to destroy a good life. But a God-given pattern has the power to redeem a broken life. Is anyone thankful that no matter how broken your pattern is, that God can still redeem your life? He can still save you. He can still lift you up. He can still mend a broken heart. He can still fix a messed up life. You've, you haven't gone too far. You haven't sinned so much. You haven't messed up so much to feel like you can't come to Jesus. Have you guys ever heard of a, a guy named Aristotle? He was a Greek philosophizer and, and um, a Greek philosopher, excuse me. 
And, and I want you to hear what he says. I want you to hear what he says. And, and, and it's kind of funny how the world gets their wisdom from the word. Check this out. Let me show you. It says this. You are what you repeatedly do. Greatness, then, it's not an act, but a what? It's a habit. It's like a pattern. It's a habit. That means this. The power is in the habit. Whatever we repeatedly do, whatever our pattern is, that's who we will be. So that means this. That means your purity, it's not an act. But it's something that you regularly do. If you want to live a pure life, it can't just be, you can't just say no once. And, and it's, it's got to be something that we repeatedly do over and over and over. It has to be a pattern in my life. I can't just say no once. I have to say no every single time. Because it's not something I do once. It's something that I do repeatedly. It, it, it has to be a habit in our lives. If you want to live a joyful life, anybody would like some joy in your life, some happiness in your life? Man, if you want to live a joyful life, joy isn't just something that I experience one time. But it's something that I can experience every single day because the pattern is joy for my life. It's not just an act, but it's something that I repeatedly do. It becomes a habit in my life. Holiness. It's not something that I do once, but it's something that I commit my life to. And I say, I'm not going to do I'm 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 going to do this on a regular basis because that's my new pattern. Christ likeness. It's not an act. It's a pattern. So many things we so many times we think Christ likeness is, is just it's a prayer or or no. But Christ likeness becoming and being more like Christ It's a pattern. It's something that we have to do continually over and over and over. And Christ-likeness, get this, it's a pattern. It's not something you just show up and do. My, My pattern must change because there's power in my pattern. Well, how do you develop a good pattern? Well, here's the good news for you tonight. Paul writes this in Ephesians 4, 20 to 24. He says, but that isn't what you learned about Christ. What what he's saying, he's meaning you didn't learn that Christ is just a simple addition to your life. He's saying that's not what you learned about Christ. Remember, he's talking to Christians again. He says, since you learned about Jesus, you've learned the truth that comes from him. See that right there is where he gives us a pattern. Listen up, I want you to catch this. Throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the new spirit renew your thoughts and your attitudes. And then he says, put on your new nature, created to be like God through righteous and holy. Truly righteous and holy. See, I've... What I've done is I found a pattern here for all of us to follow. And I'm going to need your help doing this. You guys remember back um, in, in kids church, those of you guys who grew up in church, you remember back in kids church. Um, here, and here's, I need your help tonight. And, and I'm, I'm going to ask this section over here. When I point to you, I want you to say, put off. You ready? 
You're going to need to do better than that. This section right here. I'm going to need you to say, put on. Ready? Better. All right. And, and um, this, this, this right section over here. This is a new one. We haven't talked about this yet. And, and when I point to you, I want you to say, renew. Yes, it's a pattern. <laughs> so here's the deal. You guys are going to remember this tomorrow. I promise. That's the pattern tomorrow morning, whenever, whatever, tomorrow morning. Remember, we are what we repeatedly do. We are what we repeatedly do. See, Christ's likeness, it's not an act, but it's a habit. It's a pattern. Put off, put on, renew. Put off, put on, renew. Now, the Bible does not say pray it off. The Bible, it does not say worship it off. It says to put off. That means you have to do it. It's an action. It's something that you do. You have to put off. Off. You have to make the decision to change your behavior. You have to make the decisions to change your thought life, your, your, your sinful, your, your actions. You have to make the decision. It's got to be an action. When you used to go to that same portal on your phone or your computer to look at those sinful things, now you put it off. You used to send those type of, of picture messages, but now you put it off. You're now putting off those things that are causing you to live a life separated from Christ. This has to be decision, a decision for your life. Wherever you go, you have to say, God, I'm changing, your pat- I'm, I'm changing my pattern. The things that I've led to my destruction, to my failure, that I am now putting off. I can no longer live that way and I'm living and expect my life to be different. I can no longer walk in church on a Wednesday night and call Jesus my everything and continue to live the same way. I've got to put it off. But there's a second step. What did you guys say? There's a second step. You have to put off and then you have to put on. And, and what, what are, because if you take something off, you ha- if you remove something out of your life, it's going to be replaced by something. So you've got to put on, you've got to replace it with something in your life. And, and what are the new behaviors that we have to have? What are the new things that we have to do? What are the new patterns in your life? See, maybe instead of going to church every once in a while, I'm going to be faithful and be there weekly. Instead of reading the word once a month, I'm going to be faithful and I'm going to read it every single day. Rather than than listen to the filth that causes my life to be shaped uh, by that, I'm going to listen to things that uplift the name of Jesus. Rather than going too far with my boyfriend or with my girlfriend, doing things that I shouldn't be doing, uh, I'm going to have a pure relationship that pleases Jesus. 
See, rather than looking at the filth that I've been looking at, I'm putting up blockers or I'm putting things in my way where I can't find those things. I'm not going there. You see, it's not just enough to put off. But you have to put on the life that God gave you. See, I I love how Paul ends. He ends verse 24. Is it still up there? Verse 24. And he says, don't just put off. But put on a new nature. A new pattern. Because there's power in the what? Pattern. There's power in the pattern. Created to be like God. Truly righteous and holy. Can we have our worship team go ahead and come up? So I put off and put on. And those are the things that I have to do. I put off, I put on. Those are the actions. Those are the things that I have to do. But the last thing is something that only the Holy Spirit in your life can do. See, the renew part, the part that I had this section over here say, the renew part, it's, that's my discipleship. See, I want you to know that if you can get this part right, you'll begin to be so much more like Christ. See, putting off and putting on, that's our discipline. But being renewed by the Holy Spirit, that's our discipleship. So we begin to be more like Jesus when our mind is renewed. See, I think sometimes us Christians, we underestimate the power of your thinking. You see, your your heart can compel you that you need change. But the mind is what begins to shape the patterns that help you change. See, it's funny that when you begin thinking about a, a relationship with the, with the opposite sex, like if you're honest with yourselves, if you guys are really honest with yourselves, um, some of the thoughts in your minds, like you wouldn't want anyone knowing. That's why God says your mind has to be renewed. Putting off and putting on are the changes we make. But renewing is allowing the Holy Spirit in our lives every single day. God, wash my mind, cleanse my mind, renew my thinking. It's not just a a one-time moment, but it's a continual process. God, renew me the the way that I think about dating. The way that I think about love. God, begin to change my life. Whoever our leaders go ahead and come up and stand across the front. See, tonight it it may not be a relationship that you're dealing with. Because I know so many of you aren't. And that's, that's perfectly fine. It may not be a relationship that you're dealing with. It may be something totally and completely different. But this is how you change. If you really want to make a change in your life, this is how you change. The way I think about that addiction, God, the way, the way I see my self-image, the way that I think about my family, the way that I think about myself, the way that I see myself, the way that I think about others. God, help me have a renewed mind. 
See, there's power in what you think about. There's power in what you put into your mind. See, if I'm constantly trying to be disciplined, I'll run out of strength. If I'm just being disciplined over and over and over, I'll run out of strength. But the strength comes when you allow the Holy Spirit to come into your life and to flood your life. See, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit, that he's our helper, that he's our comfort. The thing that makes, he's the thing that makes what we can't do on our own possible. See, let me tell you tonight, student, that that thing that you're dealing with, that struggle that you have in your life, it's possible to defeat it. It's possible to defeat it. Whatever that thing is, but it's only through the power of the Holy Spirit.